Hi everybody, welcome to the Lock Pod, the Leeds Rhinos Lock 17A podcast, kindly sponsored by ACD&B, who are a branding and creative design agency based in Farsley, Leeds. They create standout brands, so for any companies out there that need a brand new logo or a a brand refresh. Just get in touch with A, C, D and B. Thanks as always to them for sponsoring us. Not just for sponsoring us, but for producing, designing our amazing producers on myself. Lot 17A fanzine. Issue 2 is available now. If you just Google the Lot Pod, the Lot Pod store, the Lot Pod shop, that first link on Google, that's us. That's the Lot Pod pod store the fanzine's available there to buy with all of our badges i am currently working on a couple new badge designs for 2023 someone you have to forgive me someone did ask me about new badge designs and i can't remember if i answered but yes i am working on some new badge designs so they'll be coming shortly too so this is the mailbag off the back of leeds beating castleford 42 18 joining me as always is my co-host my right hand man and our amazing stats man, Statman Reese. How are you? You always get the score wrong, don't you? I, did I get it? Sorry, did I get it wrong? Yeah, in denial as always. In denial. No, I'm very good, thank you. I'm very good. And main reason because now I need to get this right from a mirroring of this for those that a big thank you to Andy. What are you pointing signs. at? Oh, I'm pointing at my new yes. roundel and the background uh, of my YouTube. So thanks very much to Andy at Fast Signs that has done that for me. So it was him that actually said my background was a bit boring. So I think it's actually more for him than it is for anyone else. Um, clearly, my <laughs> piano wasn't good. So, yeah, no, but it looks great now. So I'm really happy. I got a bit excited. Although I think I haven't put it on, but I'll worry about that. It looks okay. I'd, I'd adjust the camera, make it look <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> so... This is the mailbag. If you are new to the lot pod, to the mailbag, we are a lead, predominantly a lead Rhinos fan podcast. We review every single lead Rhinos game. Uh, and this is our mailbag podcast where we open up the mailbag to our listeners, to people on social media, to get in touch with us, to share their opinion, not just on, a, not just on things lead Rhinos, but from everything. It's like our general any other business podcast if you do want to get in touch with us for the next mailbag you can lot 17a on twitter or the owl and fleece on twitter or you can email lot 17a at outlook.com reese who's joining us for this mailbag we've got our sam with us i think it's sam's first appearance of the year as well i believe let's find out hi sam how are you yeah good thanks it is my first appearance you're right yeah it is you appeared in pre-season i believe yeah, this is only my third appearance actually. So the other week when you, yeah, after it, but other week when you were putting your uh, your lock pod team together and the uh, the re- requirement of minimum three appearances, I, I shouldn't have been in there, but oh, I'll yeah. take it. That, that, <laughs> we squeezed you in. That's the, you're correct actually. What number's Laurie? Four or three? I'm looking at Reese. I had him as water boy. I had him as water boy. Yeah, I think I think Laurie were three. I think Sam's lock pod number four. I think, I think Sam's right. the Keith Senior. Am I right in saying that? And I think Laurie's the Callum. I mean, he's got the hair anyway. for it. <laughs> yeah, clearly. <laughs> anyway, welcome, Sam. Here's your hat trick ball. Passed it over to you. So, who's done? Are you starting, Reese? Am I starting? You can start this evening because I know you'll enjoy the more than me. The first question, the first thought is from Frankie, who says, St. Ellen's and their fans are the biggest bunch of mourners I've ever seen. I think. We all just nod and agree with that. Do we all think, yeah? Quite, all just, quite easy at the moment, yeah. yeah. You're right, Frankie, they are. And if I'm being 
quite frank, Frankie, they are severely annoying me. I can't stand St. Helens. Olivia Redman says, what's the best mode of transport? Sam, have you got a favourite mode of transport? Um, mm, train, maybe, as long as it's not too busy. I like a, I like a train journey. Can't be a train. You can drink on a train as well. Yeah, you right. can drink on a plane. Just don't drink in a car. <laughs> well, if you're the passenger, that's all right. We're not condoning drinking and driving, but if you're in the car and happy to be drinking but not driving, that's how it's done. I think I'd agree with Reese? Sam, actually, on train. I'd agree with Sam on train. Mm. Apart from I have a very bad memory of a train in Thailand from Bangkok to Chiang Mai, where I wasn't very well. <clears throat> I think I've got some food poisoning from the 50p pad thai, which is probably my fault for 50p pad thai for two weeks. Um, but then obviously wasn't very well, went to the toilet and just saw it was a hole in the floor and I thought this is going to be a long time. I was, um, so on the bottom of I've a train? Worst... <laughs> just a hole in the floor of the train. <laughs> so it's one of my favourite modes of transport, but yet I had probably the worst 12 hours of my life on. Those train tracks will just literally just be full of shite all across the <laughs> Thailand. Yeah, Exactly. <laughs> And most oh. of it's probably still there from me, to be honest. <laughs> you're that bad. Well, I, I bet someone has just turned this on, thought, oh, there's a new mailbag. I'll have, I'll, I'll, I'll have my dinner. <laughs> I'll have my tea. <laughs> I hope to God no one's having having breakfast and eating Cocoa Pops. Anyway, next question, Reese. <laughs> we'd, we'd get less complaints talking about politics. Well, actually, no, we'd get more complaints talking about politics. So I think they'd actually prefer to talk about That's true. That's true. Um, Pete's asking, looking forward to the Lot Pods predictions this week. Um, I think Pete's predicting you're going to say Leeds by 204, Eddie. 204? Yeah. That, More I don't know that. if that's an error or if that's going to be Leeds by 518. <laughs> we'll do predictions at the end, <laughs> won't we? That's fine, yeah. The next question is from Sue. And Sue says, why was Duncan recording the last podcast from inside a cave? That, which... What, what was he? Was he in a cave? Duncan Sue, just to put Sue in a place, very, very kindly, because we've been trying for a while to get him on, haven't we, Reese? Trying to mm -hmm. work through having Duncan with us, one of our regulars, and he has been due a slot for a while. Duncan actually pulled over on his way home from work, pulled over in a car park and recorded with us. So we were very thankful, Sue. So I think you owe Duncan an apology. <laughs> Written apology. <laughs> We're also very thankful because when he did come on camera after we finished recording the podcast, it looked like um, The Exorcist. So you're actually quite thankful that he the demon, on. the demon that flashes up from The Exorcist. It was so funny when he turned on his camera. Honestly, genuinely hilarious. But yes, yeah, Sue, he was recording from his phone, but he kind of pulled over and recorded with us for over an hour. So we were very thankful for, to Duncan for that. That's why he sounded like he was inside a cave. <laughs> Next question's from Pete. Um, Pete's saying, oh, this is a different, this is a different Pete. Anyway, uh, Pete's saying, enjoy the podcast. Here's my mailbag question. Uh, do you think we'll ever find out the truth as to why Lee meets? I think Sam needs to go. Yeah, I don't really think it's that much of a secret, is it? I think we can all put, you know, piece it all together and work out that he's, Rowan Smith has come in. Lehman isn't quite the, the type of hooker that he wants. Um, he's lost his place and he's not really willing to to fight for it so he's it seems like he's just said let me go i don't i don't think there's anything much more to it than that really and jared o'connor as well he's exactly what rowan smith wants by the looks of it so it's, it's not a problem for him to let Lehman go is it so i think it's quite simple well it's been confirmed now today as we record this it's thursday and it got confirmed that Leeming is signing for the Gold Coast Titans. Does that 
just stick with Sam for a minute, if you don't mind, Reese. Does that move, that NRL move, surprise you, Sam? Did you did you see Leeming as NRL standard? Not yet. I th- I don't think he'd been that consistent for us yet. Um, he's obviously got a lot of quality, and he's you know, when we've played well in the past few years, he's been right at the heart of it. You only have to look at his, his Instagram and social other social media to see that he you know he work, he puts the the work in behind the scenes it, it's it's not just he goes to training and then messes around for the rest of the days he's off to the gym and you know he works hard to improve himself all the time so i think in time i could have seen him go into nrl and maybe he would have been more prepared for it but that's not to say he won't be good now but uh, i just don't think he's probably got the the consistency yet so i, I suppose it is a little bit surprising but then it was always probably on the cards for him at some point, so it's just accelerated it, I guess. Do you agree with that, Reese? I do. I, I, part of me, actually, I've been thinking more and more about this because obviously I've got nothing else to do um, other than play foot manager. Um, but I, part of me thinks that the, before the rumour came through about Luke Brooks, part of me thought if Leeming would have stayed to fight for his place and played a big part as a, as a, as a senior player, there was a potentially a number seven shirt available for him i know that might sound because he was you know his best season he's had with us was when he played seven so what? i i didn't i didn't think his leeds career was finished because jared was playing hooker and the hook well playing better arguably but more suited to what rome wanted but i don't think it actually meant that cruz's role with leeds was over i think he could have pushed for that seven shirt or you know you know maybe not six but definitely for that seven shirt after caesar goes if caesar does go but he obviously doesn't see it like that he obviously wants to play at hooker um, so, I mean, I don't think he will light up the NRL. I'm, I'd quite like to be proved wrong because I can't, you know, I would like him to do well down there because I always want mm-hmm. English talent to do well down there. But I don't envisage. No, I agree. I hope it does prove me wrong. I don't think he's there yet, but he's at an age where he can certainly develop into an NRL player. But I was surprised that he did get the move there. I must admit, especially if it happening so quickly. Just one last thing. Well, we might talk about Lehman again later, but no fee involved, apparently. What 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 did you think to that, Sam, of that? I mean, he's a so, good player, and the fact that there's no fee involved, to me, is, I, f- I find that to be to be madness. I mean, it, it is ridiculous, but it's not uncommon for rugby league, is it? It's no, just exactly, a, yeah. it's a weird thing that rugby league do. They just seem to, you know, they've got good players' contracts, and they just let them go for free because they don't want to stay. I never will understand that, but I was speaking to my mate last week, and I said... You know, we'll let him go and we won't get anything for him. So it's completely expected just because that's what happens. And we just, I mean, it's its not a Leeds thing, is it? It's a its a rugby league-wide thing. So It's a rugby league issue. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't know when or how that changes because at some point, surely somebody's got to twig that, hold on, this guy's a good player. Somebody else is going to benefit from it. And it's also worth remembering that this Lehman spent quite a bit of time injured and we've put a lot of, you know, time and resources into him to get him fit again. And then yeah. just because he's not back in the team, he wants to leave. We're just going to let him go for free. So it, it doesn't make sense. But yeah, not not surprised that we're not getting out for it. I think you've also got to take what's on the table, haven't you? Because, and the big, the, the cards are with all teams because they know that leaving, it's not like a team coming in for Harry Newman. You know, Harry, if Harry Newman stays injury free and plays after the season, a team will have to pay a fee to take Harry Newman from Leeds because Leeds don't want to let him go. But when you're saying, when you've agreed that this player is free to go, it basically just means that 
you lose the bargaining chip almost, do you? And Gold Coast aren't going to pay a fee for just half a season. Or not even that, or three quarters of a season, are they? So I think it's more important from the culture perspective from Leeds that they need him to be out of there. And to... I think I get that, but I think he's still a good enough player and an important enough player for us to still demand something for him. Mm. I mean, I know it'd be a lower price than probably what his you know, top price is, but I reckon there's still a an easy way for us to get a bit of money there. But There's an opportunity though, isn't it? Because if he comes back from Gold Coast and lights up the NRL, we might say, no, he is worth a fee now. Because mm. he's still got a year left on his contract, hasn't he, after this season? So there's still opportunity to get the fee, isn't there? Yeah, true. Next question. Hope says, what makes the best night out? Reese, what makes the best night out? Who are you with? Correct. Who you... Yeah, you can you can go to the, the shittiest bars and the shittiest towns and cities in the entire world. But if you've got your Castleford. mates with you, Cass, yeah. But if you've got your mates with you, you can have a good time regardless. And they're your proper mates. The your proper mates are the people that you can have a good night out in any format. So I'd say that. I agree, mates. If you've got your mates with you, it's never mattered. I've always preferred like pubs and dive pubs. But if you've got your friends with you, that's all. It doesn't matter where you are, what what's around. You just might as well watch some fruit here in terms of your friends. Sam, what makes a good night out? My thoughts on this are a bit different to yours. I like bailing and being home by 10 pm. So, <laughs> <laughs> an early finish. I mean, I'm not going to lie, Sam. I'm all for that as well. I've decided these late night sessions, like Saturday, I'm so excited for Saturday. Afternoon kickoff, I can have a couple of drinks in town after the game, and I can still be in bed by 10 o'clock and feel like I'm. Yeah. not feel completely worse away on Sunday. Yeah, I'm go- going the game, going fat hippo after, probably go for a beer, and I'll be going home. So. <laughs> God, you're after Laurie's art. <laughs> uh, next question is from Bianca, who's saying, James Bentley uh, has got his first ban of the season. Will he ever learn? It's getting increasingly more and more frustrating in banned. Eddie, what's your thoughts on that? Because I, I, I think the incident was quite unlucky. For, um, for Bentley, I think I think the precedent was set in the Saints game by their late hits, but it's kind of like the eight-point try thing that we were talking about in the penalty try. How I just feel it's the new it's the new season, so these rules they exist for a couple of rounds and then they disappear. So Bentley's obviously been charged with the the late hit on Miller. What it Miller? Uh, and it's the, it's the same as Siren and Metaltia, etc. But I think someone tweeted. I can't remember. What did you say? Someone tweeted anyway that Bentley had done an interview like two weeks prior saying he's cleaning up his game. Yeah, that was it. And then I thought it was Sam. And then here we are, five rounds, four rounds into the new season, and he's banned. But to be honest, I'm kind of giving him the benefit of the doubt because his transformation from how we were playing under Agar, where, and I said it before, he was playing like a moron. And he was, I believe he was playing like a moron. But then when Rowan came in, we've said this as well, loads, that his form at the back end of the year, he was absolutely outstanding. And I said at the start of this this season, in our pre-season pods, in our preview for the Rhinos season, that if he, if he keeps that standard to how he finished the back end of 2022, being out of contract, I think we're looking at an NRL player. I genuinely believe that. His style, the way he plays, would suit the NRL, but he needs to stick on that side of the line. Who asked the question, sorry? We lost uh, Bianca. Bianca. So I think, Bianca, if we keep that version, I'm, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But it's early, it's early in the season. How do you see it, 
Dan? Um, I think you're right with a lot of what you just said. With you know, from Smith coming in, he, he did kind of he stayed on the right side of the line, didn't he, for a, a lot of it? And he's not as bad as he was yeah. at the start of last season. But I just don't think you're ever going to completely take that out of his game because that's the type of player he is. No, I, I don't think you can, do you? No, I, I think the style of player he is means that he's always got to be aggressive, mm. but he's got to control it. And if, if he completely takes yeah. the aggression out of his game, he's not the same player. So I think as long as we have him, we're just going to have to accept that there's a risk that every time he plays, he gets some kind of ban. But um, <laughs> he's better than he was. And even though this, I know you said this is a fifth round, but it's actually only his second game, isn't it? So <laughs> yeah, uh, at least he got yeah. through the first one. But um, do you agree with the fact that we might saying that look, I, I, underst- I understand why it was a, a penalty on the night and kind of why it was a ban. I'm kind of going, yeah, because you've done it already. But I don't think there's, map, there's, there's some of the stuff that Bentley did in the beginning of last year, daft and a bit moronic, like Eddie said. But I just think that was just unlucky. He got wrong footed and he, he just didn't, he just didn't corner. I just, I, and I understand what Bianca was saying in terms of will he ever learn? He gets he gets more frustrating, but I, I I do think that's not him being stupid. If that makes, sense. I don't you think so? I saw that a bit differently. I thought he I thought he had time to stop, okay. and it, even if he didn't like have time to completely cut out the contact with him, he had time not to hit him the way he did. I okay, think. fair enough. Yeah, but again, it's James Bentley in it. So if he's got a chance to hit somebody, he's probably going to do it. But it's, you it's don't want to do lose it. that aggression. That aggression is something we're going to absolutely need on Saturday against Catalan, yeah. and, we, and we don't have it. And we were saying it's a great game for James Bentley in the cast review, so it's a shame we're not going to have him. We did. <laughs> we absolutely did. We said we this is James Bentley's game. <laughs> yeah, we were juicing him up. Saying Michael McAlorm's oh. going to look at him with his cross eyes, and you know he's going to see, you know they're going to see lights again. They're going to be up for it again. It's quarter final last year, um, but yeah, we haven't got our wind up merchant on the pitch. So I know he's missing the game. Oh yeah, good. Next questions from Jack, and Jack says, "I feel you give certain players on the podcast a hard time in terms of criticism, yet others you never seem to criticise at all. Tavano, Caesar, Myler, Donaldson, and Lissone." have all been heavily critiqued on more than one occasion on the podcast. Is there a reason for this, Reese? Um, I think, Jack, we, we've talked about this before. We, we are fans and therefore we are emotive. And I think the players that do tend to fall foul will will get more criticism now and then because we probably go, it's happened again. Now, we, we haven't, we don't criticise Cam Smith. We don't criticise Jared Connor. In fact, we put far too much smoke up there sometimes, actually. But they deserve it. They work hard and they, they play well. I just, and to be fair, we praise Caesar in the games when he did well, we praise Caesar. But we also have criticised him when he hasn't played well. So it's just our observations, Jack. It's emotion. I think that's the best way I can put it, Eddie. I don't know what you. Well, Jack says to Avano, Caesar, Myla, Donaldson, Lusone have all been heavily critiqued to more than one occasion on the podcast. Is there any reason for this? Because they've had bad games? Yeah. And it's the emotion. Because they've had bad games. And, well, we. it's no coincidence that if we win a game, right, it's incredibly rare if we win a game that we single someone out. We just sit here and coo and say, he were great, he were great, he were great, and he were great. And if we lose, guess what? We say, yeah, he were bad, he were bad, he were bad, and he were bad. Now, in terms of the players that you've kind of mentioned, there's a theme there. They're all senior, experienced, some NRL winning players. And I think you've got to take into consideration someone like Zane Tavano, who is marquee, who has won numerous or won Premier 
premiership scenario and things. So f- as a club in a sal- salary cap sport with a marquee player, like, you know, season and Lissone, you need, they need to come in and unfortunately they have to hit the ground running. They have to, they must, they must, they must play the game to a certain standard. For me anyway. And if they don't, I think they're more open to criticism. So to me, it's much easier because I demand more from Zane Tavano than I do Tom Allroyd. Tom Allroyd, younger player, had injuries, had bands coming through. So in terms of critique, it's not easier, but I demand more from Zane because he's got the pedigree. Whereas someone like Harry Newman or Max Simpson or Jared O'Connor, who's younger and learned, making their way and learning the game, I feel they they get a bit, a bit more of leeway, if that makes sense. Whereas senior players, Lissone, Myler, Caesar, they, they should be at a certain standard for me. That, would that's you, how I see it. Would you demand more of a Ledskin than Holroyd? Just to give the other example, obviously, because you tend to demand more of Tatiwano. So would you demand more of a Ledskin than you? If, yes, absolutely. Because a is now in that senior player mould. I know Duncan came on and kind of, he said that he doesn't see Cami as a senior player. But I, I disagree. I think you do as well, Reese. We'll come to Sam, mm. Sam in a minute. But I do see Cam as, to me, regardless of your age, if you're a first-team player playing consistently, to me, you are a senior player. You know, and Cam is one of the first names on the team sheet. So, But in terms of Mick and Holroyd, Mick has he's set his own high standards. And we've said on this podcast, I've said on this podcast loads that he leads the pack and there's no one with him. Last year, there was nobody with him. He was the only one. And I, I kind of said on the, I think it was the Warrington Review, Reese, where we said when we got blasted and we were saying, this is real." worrying because there was at the time in that game I think there was only Mick missing from the pack we're saying like and we looked at the meters and things that they got so if Mick were to come back I don't think I've ever seen him have a bad game for Leeds but if he ever did I think they just held accountable and if the players are so fragile that they can't hear fans say when they had a bad game and a good game the other comparison is what Paul Vaughan's doing at Warrington he's a marquee guy coming to marquee money and he's absolutely storming it you can't see his stats because super league don't put them up um but you can see visually that he's just destroying it and that i think that if we when we were signing to ivano that's the demand that we want and that's what you want from a marquee player is paul vaughan and what he's doing do you want to put a word in sam yeah on paul vaughan <laughs> yeah on paul vaughan he when warrington signed him people were so critical of that signing as well he, like people just expected him to be one of them who came over <laughs> one of them who came over, you know, here for money, bit of an holiday, winding down. But that, as you say, that's exactly what you want from the from a player who's coming over on on big money and with a bit of a reputation behind him. Because you know, the salary cap sport and where in this country, unfortunately, we're not we're not blessed for the best talent in comparison to Australia at the moment. Which is why when we sign these players, we expect a lot from them. And Paul Vaughan is just exactly what you'd want. We just haven't had the same return from, from our players that we've signed from overseas. I think it's my question now, isn't it? It is. Um, question from David. Um, it actually kind of follows on from this. I agree with Duncan and the rest of the podcasters saying that Fussy uh, will come good uh, this year. I might quite like the name. I, I do. Yeah, yeah. I do. Um, his stats are improving. He looks consistent. He should score plenty this season. But I do feel he will leave Leeds come the end of 2023, regardless of how the season. What have you thought of Fussy, Sam, so far? Uh, this season or overall? Uh, let's go this season. Let's be positive. He's been better this season, for sure. I mean, 
coming away from the Warrington game, I was absolutely furious with him because he just <laughs> he just looked like he didn't care. But since then, he's made a lot of a lot of meters, scored a few tries, and he's looking like he might might. Uh, I don't want to jinx him here. I'm going to say might stay fit, but he's definitely get hurt a week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he's. I do think that he'll probably leave as well. Um, I I can't imagine Leeds see him as an investment that's um, you know paying off really based on the return we've had. We've had. Um, and I think he's, there was rumours a couple of weeks ago that he was looking to go home. I know he denied them. No smoke without fire. So I reckon he'll, he'll go. But you know, if he, if he finishes strong this season um, and contributes a bit more than he did last, then you know I'll be happy, and then we, we can just. Him and the club can shake hands and, and move on. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, 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 he is coming good this year, as um, David said. You know, his stats are backing it up. Reese is constantly telling us about his stats, about how he's making. Was it over a hundred? He's done game. over a hundred so, in the last four games. So it's it's quite clearly at that that level that I was speaking about with experienced players. But I agree with Sam. If he has a good year this year. And then when we win the grand final, we can just shake his hand. He can go off into the distance and we can start looking, recruiting with that quarter spot that I'm absolutely obsessed with. Is it my question? Yeah. <laughs> Carl says, are we going to get the extra long podcast back anytime soon? I did prefer them. It would get me through two hours at work in a flash. No, no, Carl. Fortunately, doing the two-hour podcast pretty much killed me and Reese recording those mammoth podcast from the old days so it's kind of condensed now to what it has been for a while like we're going to do the live show live stream recording on sunday evenings and then record the mailbag through the week and then release it on the friday for the game day that's kind of like they're both around an hour long so it's like easier smaller bites we're not going to do the uh kind of rugby league roundup stuff that we used to do but no we're not going to return to that because it pretty much killed me and Reese doing extra long podcasts and then the specials as well one week were just mental and for whatever reason at the end of it we decided to live stream what at the Catalan game yeah where we live stream watch along of the Catalan game and then do a double we were just recording for fucking ages and we just we can't do anymore we have believe it or not our other halves absolutely spend time with us (laughs) So. And an hour um, a night, an hour a night, like twice a week, is manageable. So we're gonna. Sorry, Carl. Carry on, Reese. Um, question from Josh, uh, who's actually complaining, saying there's a distinct lack of food chat on the podcast uh, over the last few. And I feel it is our duty to make the listeners as hungry as possible whilst they listen. <laughs> Luckily, Josh, I put them off the dinner earlier or the breakfast. Um, so Josh is asking, what would be your ideal barbecue? What food, Sam? <sighs> Oh, um, not too hot weather-wise. Not too hot because I, I don't want to burn. I burn easy, so I just, I just want a nice temperature. Maybe a bit, bit of a breeze. Um, steaks, burgers, peri peri chicken, sausage, and barbecued bacon is always. And that, that I think that'd do me really. I'm not bothered for our little side bits. I'll just have the weather, obviously, but it is very British for. You to organise a barbecue, get everyone organised to come, buy all the food, and then it pisses it down. You're like, right, well, everyone's just in the house, and it just turns into a party, not a barbecue. I think there's a difference. So you need the weather, decent weather. Um, it's not a, everybody listen to this because this is going to be this could be a reality check to some people listening. A gas-fired barbecue is not a barbecue. It's an oven. 
outside. It's a gas stove. It's so outside. true. Barbecued, barbecued food has to be barbecued, not just I'm pointing at my oven here, cooked on there. No, so it has to be charcoal, you know, with the coal and the flavour. Yeah, so that's absolutely vital piece of information. I don't care if you've been barbecuing for 50 years. If you haven't been doing it on charcoal, you haven't been barbecued. You just had your cooker outside and it's crap. Music is absolutely key. Summer music is vital to create like a Spotify playlist that ever you use. Do work on it. Work on your music because it's key because sometimes you go to parties and barbecue, it doesn't match the occasion. I've got like a thing like, so if you're out in the garden and everyone's having a good time, it's a beautiful hot day and you can't have Adele playing. You just can't. Or Sam Smith or some whiny music. It does. It's got to keep people's spirits up. So work on the pl the playlist and the music is vital. Vital. I'll, so, I'll recommend reggae and two-tone ska. Something upbeat. So, somehow oh, this has become a life. Somehow this has become a life coaching session. <laughs> Steak, burgers, and decent sausage. Reese. <laughs> um, I do like chicken on a barbecue. Completely agree with the comment. Gas fire barbecues are not barbecues; they are ovens. Um, so completely agree with the charcoal comment. Yep. So yeah, um, I do enjoy ribs. If you can do ribs right quite well on a barbecue, that's good. Um, so and then yeah, I don't. I, I got, you know, a bit like Sam. To be honest, I'll have everything. But my, we, me and my mates do a barbecue every year where we put we when Glastonbury's on. And that's our music. We just put Glastonbury. Well, in Glastonbury, I think I said. Um, so um, that's that's my idea. And then drink wise, um, just be a good old fashioned. Um, have you got the yeah. next question? Yep, David Grant. Is the Penrith Panthers pink away kit nice or not? Have you seen this kit, gents? This pink Penrith Panthers uh, kit. Do you like it? I don't it? think I know what it is. I can probably imagine what it is. It's, they have pretty much the same shirt every year, don't they? Every year, I'm about to say you've seen it about ten times. Oh, it's yeah. very pink. More pink than normal? It's as pink as our pink kit last year. Mm, I, not as I didn't, mind, as I didn't mind our pink shirt last year, so I'll probably like it. Sam likes it. <laughs> I think it's I'm not saying right. I like I it. The Penrith, I think the Penrith home shirt is up there with Canberra for the best NRL shirt, I think, there, especially like the retro ones. Next question from David Grant What is your favourite UK road? I can tell you what the worst road in the entire of the UK is it's the M62. In terms of my favourite road, probably is it the A64 that takes you the majority of the way to Whitby? That's not. I think it is. I quite it's like the the road the that turn takes, off. The road yeah, that takes you to Whitby. Um, I quite like the road to Brid. When you when you get off the A is the A60 well whatever the round whatever the Rung Road is at York. When you get on the uh, the country road out to Brid, that's quite good fun. Or actually, no, going up through the Dales past Kettlewell. If you go to bike, if you drive to. Um, Masham or Aysgarth through the Dales, that's quite a good um, mm. I didn't think I'd ever get asked the question what's my favourite? I quite like the 168 the, what, the what's? A168 from A168. specifically the bit between Collingham and Ripon I like that, for no particular there reason just a, a nice easy drive <laughs> New podcast Last question idea. from David <laughs> It's very Patrick, I like it I like it dude. I love it <laughs> We'll talk about about potholes on next week's mailbag. Next question from David. Should sandwiches be cut into rectangles, triangles, or not at all? Sam? Triangles. Every time. Reese, I'm going to say triangles, but just before I came on this pod, I had a fish finger sandwich that I cooked in rectangles. Maybe it depends oh, what you've got in it. You make a good point there. Oh. I cut my fish finger sandwich in rectangles. Yeah, because you can't, you, can't mm. you can't do a triangle I... to cut for a fish finger sandwich, can you? No, that's true. No. We'll just make an exception oh, for fish fingers. Yeah, I think so. Fish fingers deserve their own style, I think. Yeah. Otherwise, triangle. Yeah. Agreed. Just 
depends it depends on the sandwich dave um next questions are from bry at six again um he's just asked this one to you but i'm going to answer it as well um but he's asked what's your favorite 0.0 percent beverage i.e not guinness zero easy Ooh, guinness zero i'm still i've only drank it out of a can it is really good for anyone that i think i've said this before now uh I've only drank it out of a can. It's really nice. Anyone that enjoys Guinness, I would implore you to try it. I'm st- I'm yet to see it anywhere on draft. I don't know if we're close to that or in a pub or a bar. But Guinness Zero, Bright, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. I've drank a lot of non-alcoholic beer now, but that is that's like I know a lot of them do, do taste because they are the same. But with the Guinness one, in terms of like a placebo, I don't see any different at all. Guinness Zero. What's yours, Reese? Um, there's a brewery called Brulo Beer. They just do non-alcoholic beers. They're absolutely br- all their beers. Are, you'd never be able to t- never be able to tell. It. Sam, have you got any? Well, since you're here, go on. Have you got any preference of non-alcoholic? Or is that a daft question? Yeah, um, by the face you just gave me. Yeah, maybe. I had a. I think I was in Amsterdam last year and I had a, a Radler's. That one non-alcoholic, but I don't know who made it. That one nice, but it basically just lemon juice in it. Yeah, yeah, it's lemon sure. juice. Yeah, it is. I've had, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. A Radler. Yeah, that one nice. Uh, the next question from Six Again is actually just for me. Uh, and he's saying, on a scale of 1 to 10, rank your excitement for Leeds versus Catalan and Keefley versus Bradford. So I am going to two games this weekend. Obviously, got the Leeds game on Saturday. I'm like, I'm a solid eight for Leeds on Saturday. And um, I'm looking forward to 1 o'clock kickoff. Um, I'm using it as an excuse to get all the groomsmen and my best man for, together for my wedding and my dad's dad's there, my uncle's there. So effectively, I'm using an excuse to have a bit of a bender in the afternoon. Um, hoping the weather comes out nice. So I'm, I've always, I really like Saturday afternoon kickoffs. It feels like family with me. I don't know what you two think about. I don't like, in fact, how excited are you for Saturday? There we go. Eddie? Yeah, I love it. I, I feel like the event, the, the game, being on Channel 4 as well, I feel like it's an event. I don't know. To me, it feels new and different and exciting. And I'm all about that for Rugby League. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't... I've kind of stayed away from the forecast, although Laurie keeps tweeting it, doesn't he? Like, oh, it's looking better. I'm like... It's because he's... That's because he's... It is. In my mind, Saturday is like a... I think it's because of the kickoff, but Saturday, in my mind's eye, when I picture it, is a summer's day. I don't know why. So I'm I'm like expecting it to be a nice day, but yeah, I love it and I'm I'm all for it and bring on more Channel 4 coverage. You excited for it, Sam? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a bit different having it on a Saturday, isn't it? So, and it's meant to be a pretty pretty big crowd from what the club are saying. So it'll be good to have a a close to full Headingly, which will be weird for a Catalans game. But they've it's... marketed it really well, though, haven't they? Since the beginning of the season, or even before the season, they've really been pushing it. I think on Tuesday they said there was only 400 spaces in the South Stand standing. So I don't know what they're doing in the Western Terrace, but they've done a really good job, which I'm really pleased about. Um, and then the other part of that question was uh, the Keithley Bradford. I'm going to say that's a, an eight uh, as well, because that's going to be... They reckon that's going to be about four, four and a half thousand at Keighley, which is quite interesting for such a small old ground with one bar. So I'm a bit worried about I'm going to need a hangover. And I'm not quite sure I'm going to be able to get one. And they only had one turnstile, so they're going to need more than one turnstile uh, <laughs> on Sunday. So it might, if I'm in the queue to get in, that excitement might come down. But now I'm really looking forward to that. It should be a really good, tasty derby, I think. And a question for all is uh, if you had one, what was a dream car growing up, Sam? Um, I still don't have one. <laughs> I still don't have, a, don't have a dream car. I've got a car, but it's not my 
you know, it's, it's just a car that gets me from A to B. But my brother was the one who was obsessed with cars. I'm, I don't have a clue about them. So just four wheels, as long as it gets me around, that's fine. Fair enough. Eddie? Well, the right answer is like the Batmobile or something, isn't it? When you're a kid, <laughs> the Batmobile, best car you've ever had, or like sure. one from the Thunderbirds, or Biker Mice from Mars or something. That, that, that's the best car ever. So you could probably buy a Batmobile now. I don't know, Brian. I'm a bit like Sam. I'm not that into cars at all. It's more for me about the practicality of them that I need them to certain things. As long as they're not red in colour, I don't care. But yeah, my dream car, the Batmobile. Fair enough. I think mine's probably the Mazda RX-7, and it's purely because of Need for Speed. I knew we were going to say something in great depth, and we won't know what he's talking about. <laughs> Just because of Need for Speed, like you know, play, when you played Need for Speed as a kid, you had one car that you always enjoyed starting with. Like you could choose something. It's like. When you play Pokemon, it could either be what Bulbasaur, what the free at the start, or whatever. Same with Need for Speed, you could always start with the same Bulbasaur, thing. Bulbasaur, Squirtle, and um, Charmeleon, or whatever. Charmander. Charmander, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so RX-7. But I think, actually, now, um, I'd love a BMW. I, I don't earn enough money for that. Eddie doesn't pay me enough. <laughs> That's true. Here comes Laurie. Laurie from Loiner's View is one of our regulars. Lock pod number three or four. Not decided yet. Laurie's first question. How would you describe Brexit so far? This is quite clearly Laurie having a jab at us after the stick we got. But how dare we discuss Gary Lineker on this podcast? So Laurie, yeah, kiss my you-know-what with your Brexit question. Second question from Laurie. If you could see people's words as colours, what colours would Phil Clark's words be? Reese? I think um, Brian replied to this and just said beige. <laughs> and I think that's probably about it, really. The only other thing I could think of was, well, it's not really a colour, but you know when it's like one of those optical illusions where you look at it and your mind starts spinning around and you start losing track and I was thinking that, but I quite like Brian's answer, beige. I don't know what you think, Sam. I think he's nailed it there. I think he has, yeah. Like a, it'll be like um, Phil Clark's words in colours would be like a, a really dull, gruel-looking prison slop. Make that same noise, just a little, just put in in that type, and and just be and really stink of farts and cabbages and boiled egg, boiled rotten egg. That's that's a whole. It's a whole. Yeah, it, it's disgusting. It's a colour that. It's a colour that's undescribable. Absolutely indescribable. Last question from Laws. Is there a particular film that folk seem to love but you don't get the hype for? Sam, is there a film that, that's particularly popular that you just don't understand? You don't get it, the hype? Lion King. Rubbish. Rubbish. It's, all just, versions. I'm, all versions of the Lion King. It, it's so it's predictable. It's I don't know. I know it's for kids, but a lot of adults seem to love it as well. And I've just never, never understood it. My girlfriend's housemate tried getting me to watch it the other week and I just, I zoned out after about five minutes. It's just not for me. Fell asleep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so annoying. Um, Frozen. Don't think, oh, wow. like, I've watched it so many times at my niece and I'm like, she she dresses up as Elsa and all this. I think she calls me whatever the reindeer's called. And I just, I just don't, I just don't think it's that good at all. As like a kid's movie, like Tangled is far better, but Frozen's just crap. Not really what people don't, it's more what kids don't get. But Avatar. Yeah, Avatar's great. Avatar. Um, that's really bad. Um, one that one that I do I do enjoy, and it is a, it's a good film, but I just don't feel it deserves the praise that it's always got, and that's Jaws. And it's a good film. It's a good film. Don't tweet me, please. 
with it's a good film and I enjoy it. It's just not as good as people make it. I'm is just it happy my... one of you yeah. didn't say Lord of the Rings because if one of you did say Lord of the Rings, oh, no, I would have, I would have, I would have come and found you. Is it worse that I've never seen Lord of the Rings? You've never seen Lord of the Rings? <laughs> no. Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, never seen any of, any of that kind of stuff. Not seen Star <laughs> Sam's never seen an epic trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> What do you do when he's off? Reese has passed out. Um, right. <laughs> um, all right, next. Sorry, my, my, my Wi Fi actually went then. But next question. Um, does South Stander, South Stander Luke is asking, does the Golden Point actually add anything to the regular season fixtures, or is it better and a fairer way to allow teams to pick up one point? He also goes on to add, should the Golden Point be kept for cup games, playoffs, and final? Um, and should there be a normal period of extra time? Um, I think South Sander Luke is completely right. I don't like the golden point during the season, but for cup games and in the playoffs, I think it's bang on. Um, I don't know what you think, Sam. Yeah, I'm the same. It's quite exciting. It, you don't need it, but when it does go to golden point, it does bring a little bit of excitement because there's, well, unless both teams are really bad at kicking drop goals, there's going to be a winner. So. Do you remember the Huddersfield game last year where yeah, yeah. no team couldn't get a drop goal within about five foot of the yeah. post? It was awful, but yeah, it, it can bring a bit of excitement, but it's not needed in the regular season. There's not wrong with just a, a draw. Like no. Football hasn't. Every other sport hasn't. We, do, we don't need to be doing Eddie, do you agree? I love it. No, I love it. Keep it every game. I think, especially now that we kind of briefly touched on Channel 4, so for those newer to the game, fresher eyes on the game, if because I think Channel 4 have only got one playoff game, the rest are like regular rounds, yeah. so if there were someone's fresh new eyes on, on a game and it's really exciting and it's whatever, 20-all, 30-all, and then it goes to Golden Point and someone kicks it, it adds so much to that first-time viewer that it might and they might be inclined to think, wow. you know, They might not even know it happens. They might, they're so new to the game or fairly new and they watch the game and they go, oh, it's finished in the draw and then they say, actually, there's Golden Point. They'll be like, oh, wow. That's how I think. But yeah, I'm all for it and at the end of the day, Golden Point, Brad Dwyer's drop goal against Cass in 2019 was, is Dave Ferner's whole highlight of his coaching career at Leeds. How can we take that away from him? <laughs> how, that how can you take it away from Dave Brad Ferner Dwyer? Goes, now! Yeah. So next question is uh, inspired by, from, from uh, inspired by Burrow. He's saying, please discuss the awful third kit. Surely the, that was the reason we lost against Cass. How can Olfitz be expected to catch a ball wearing that kit? <laughs> now, I didn't think it looked that bad on the telly from a distance. Not when he's when you zoomed in, it was like, oh my god. But yeah, I, I'm weird. I thought it looked all right. A white, a white kit from from a distance, it just looks like a white kit, doesn't it? And yeah, I think a lot of us have been asking for a yeah. white kit for quite quite a while. So we want the women's away kit, Sam. That's what we wanted. Yeah. We got yeah. it, but in the women's team. But yeah, from a distance, the actual pink lines and yellow looked all right and i found myself thinking it during the game because we had nothing else to think about um but yeah i did did you change your mind on the kit at all seeing it on telly well it looks like a white kit on telly and it probably looks like like you say a white kit when you're in the ground which watching it i thought i felt that it looks fine it looks it's like closer up but then does that make it fine i think it does it looks like something that We've all kind of agreed, or majority of us have agreed that we want a white kit, and it looks like is it a white kit? Even if it is disgusting. 
mean, no, you can't you can't deny it's not a white kit because it is a white kit. It's just not what not the white kit that I. I still think it'd look anyway. alright if it were just blue instead of pink. Yeah, I, I think we said that. Only, that's the only thing. It's just the pink. It's just the pink. Yeah. The pink was and the pink were green. I think the pink were blue, definitely. If the pink were yellow, you know, it's just as we've said a few times. Who asked the questions? But inspired by Rob Burrow. Um, yeah, it's so close to being a beautiful kit. The execution, you know, ninety nine point five percent, almost there. But we did something similar yeah, with the training stuff. Um, I think it was like it was either last year or year before. I think it was year before. But we had a warm-up yeah. top that was you know, it had bits of the city on it, and it it looked good. But I, they didn't really sell it in large numbers because the warm-up top. But that that was good. So I, I think we've got a bit mixed up between that looked nice. People liked the pink kit last year, and I know there's a little bit of the Leeds 2023 thing. The logo for that is pink. But they've gone, oh, this is a great idea. We'll do this, and then just not considered that it doesn't actually look that good before actually putting it out there. Yeah, yeah. I genuinely think, and I know that the design kits like a year ahead of, but I genuinely think, I agree with Sam, I think they've, the initial idea for this third shirt wasn't pink. I think they've added the pink off the back of a small hype train around the playoffs and Rowan. Would, would you agree with that, Reese? Do you think they had to change a heart and think, right, let's just put a bit of pink in there because they seem to love it, the fans? I think maybe, but we only like the kit because we won in it. Well, I'm, that's my perception anyway. That might not be true, obviously, but like, I only liked the kit, especially at the beginning of this silly bloody shirt we won game of rugby. Um, so yeah, no, and they might, they might have done, they might. Have done. I, I, I just get the feeling they did. I think, oh, just let's just change a little bit and make that little bit pink. The last question. Thanks for coming on, Sam. Thanks, Therese. Thanks to everybody for listening, for watching. The last question for this mailbag is from Improvsky, and they ask. Do you get frustrated? Do you, you sorry? Do you get as frustrated as I do watching a winger move out of position to try and close down a pass from the opponent's centre? They get caught out every week. I think that's leaning onto um, Situa coming mm. flying out. Does it does it annoy you, Sam? That that kind of defensive read. The one last week did because there was there was no need for it, and he, he's done it. Yeah. I think he did it a few times in that game alone, and he's definitely done it before this season. Um, but so, sometimes it is just, you know, players make decisions that it, it's not the right one. But it's just when they don't yeah. learn from it, which is the frustrating bit. He doesn't seem to, to learn from it. But then again, I always thought Ryan Hall did that a lot. And yeah, he's not there, he so. did. I was going to say that was going to be my point, was that Ryan Hall was the prime person for that, and he got it wrong quite a few yeah. times. But It's obviously it. quite an easy thing for a winger to get wrong. And yeah. a, lot, a lot of them just, mm. you know, fall for the... The traps that the other team set for him, so it's it's annoying, but it's not just our players, and it, I don't think it's something that's going to go away in, in rugby anytime soon. No, I agree, and Ryan Hall was a prime. I agree, and I think yeah, well, Ryan Hall will always at it, but it gets forgotten when you score so many tries at the other end. So when Fussy Tua scores bucket loads at that end, we'll forget about what he does defending. But defending at centre in particular, I think centre is the hardest position to defend. Like. Sam said, you know, you've got so many decisions and the traps are set for that area. And then that kind of bleeds into the winger because the winger's thinking, he's, def you know, you have to make a decision. And I think it's just the timing of it, you know, like like Sam said there, the timing was wrong from Fussy Tua. But it, it's kind of like we were saying earlier in the pod that if we win the game, no one cares, you know. 
So like when Ryan Hall was making, and he did make this, he did jump out, Sam and Reese, right, in saying that he did do that lows. But because we were winning all the time, 99.9% of the time, no one were bothered. We knew it happened, as we all do now, and people listen to this, we're very, very aware that Ryan did it, but we just didn't care because we were winning loads. So when come the end of the season, when we won everything, you'll forget about that a bit in the past. I think a bit of it last week that Lewis Roberts were inside him as well. Newman had gone off and Roberts was on. Yeah. And he, was, he was probably trying to overcompensate for that a little bit in case Roberts was unfamiliar with what he was meant to be doing. So there's a lot of things that, yeah. that go into it. Yeah, it's just one of them things, isn't it? Is. It drives me mad, but only drives me mad when it goes wrong. But like you say, Ryan Hallwood's funny guy tries to see. So for every one he let in, he probably yeah. scored two. It's forgotten. So agree with what you Brilliant. Thank you, everybody, for sending your questions and thoughts into us. Thanks for listening. We will be back to review Catalan's game, which Leeds will win. Um, has your prediction changed for the game at all, Reese, over the week? No, Leeds by two. Did you? That's a lot has, that, has that changed? No, it stayed the same. Stayed the same. What were you saying, Sam? Saying it looks sounds more confident, or just because they annoyed me so much last week, I can't be positive about them until they do something to make me positive about them. So I'm going for like an 18 <laughs> point loss. But then if if they win, oh my god, get rid of him! Get rid of him, Reese! Kick him! <laughs> Kick him! If they win by 18 <laughs> points instead, you know, I'll I'll take it obviously. But I just at this point, I just I'm annoyed at him, so I'm, I'm putting an 18 point loss down because it makes me feel better. <laughs> I said on the, I think I said on the match review panel, I've got it written down here from my notes, leads by 34. I think I'm going to slightly adapt that and change that, feel the occasion things. Um, I'm going to say leads by 42 from what I've seen the squad and things. Leads by 42. Sam, thanks a lot. Reese, thanks a lot as always. And everybody, thanks for listening. We will be back to review the Catalan game. See you then. <laughs>